Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Hyperion Adventures Podcast. I'm Tom. As always, I'm here with my lovely wife, Michelle. Hi, sweetie. Happy Valentine's Day week. Yes, <laughs> it is Valentine's Day week, and we kicked it off this is last Thursday with some fun Valentine's Day stuff. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a little bit. But yes, this is going to be our Valentine's Day show, even though we're recording this on Sunday, February 10th. 2019. Uh, we're going to have a good time today. Oh, yeah. I'm anxious. I got my list ready and I can't wait. And I can't wait to hear about what uh, your list looks like. Yes, too. we'll get to our topic here momentarily. But before we do that, uh, we want to tell you all about the ways that you can find us. Uh, of course, you can always find us on 1057max.com under the Max Plus tab as well as on the Max FM app. The best way to get us, however, is to subscribe to us. We're on iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and a few other places. I was checking out a couple of places to uh, just this week to see if we're there. We are, uh, but there probably are a few other places out there that maybe you look for us and we're not. If you find that, please let us know, and so we can get us. We can find different ways for you to f- find this podcast. Yeah, I'm anxious to hear where we are. <laughs> Oh, the other places. There's all sorts of <laughs> ones I've never heard of before. I'm like, oh, okay, this one. Yep, we're there. That's and this cool. one is like blueber, blur, blueberry, blueberry. I, I don't know. It's one of those. Nice. There is another one, uh, Pocket Casts. I think we're on there. We're, we're on a couple places that I have no idea about, but uh, you can still find us there. So that's good. Very cool. Yeah. And welcome to everybody. Yes, we are so happy to have you with us. And we love to also have you with us on social media. We want this to be an interactive show. It is an interactive show, as you'll here later today but if you ever want to contact us you can find us on social media on twitter at hyperion podcast facebook and instagram at hyperion adventures podcast and you can always email us as well hyperion adventures podcast at gmail.com right and we do love hearing from you you all have some awesome ideas and feedback and just keep it coming we love it mm-hmm. yes we love to hear from all our hyperion adventurers oh by the way we also have a website and it is up to date finally as of this week until Yay. this episode comes out, and it's behind <laughs> by an episode until later this week. Uh, com. You can always find us there as well. So lots of stuff for you today, including a quick review of the Lego Movie 2, the second part. A nighttime spectacular set to return to one of the Disney parks. Ooh. And you may want to prepare your, prepare your bladder for Avengers Endgame. I'll tell you why that is <laughs> okay. later on. Yes. But this, as Michelle brought up earlier in the week, from that romantic topic to this romantic <laughs> topic. What a, um, what a nice follow what a, what a transition. Awesome. What a segue. Uh, it, this is our Valentine's show. And so we thought, what better way to do this? And this, by the way, this topic was brought to us by our own Hyperion, OG Hyperion adventure, Amy. She gave us this topic and we're following through with it because we're really happy about it. And and it is our five favorite Disney romantic couples. Ooh, that was tough. There are tons, tons. Uh, this is a tough, so many. tough list. We could have done way more than five. And we will because we cheat all the time. <laughs> That's how we do these things. We cheat. We, we give you our five, but then there's like five B, five C, five Z. I have, you know. Yes. Yes. I have. Honorable mentions, yes. alternate, all sorts of number fun four. Stuff. <laughs> so one way we did decide to approach this list is because the obvious answer for this, as far as your number one Disney romantic couple, was 
going to be probably Mickey and Minnie. Absolutely. It, it seems like that Goes would have been a, saying. Yeah, it would have been a lock for probably both of our top spots. So we mm-hmm. just kind of say to take them sort of out of the equation. And so we that won't be so obvious. So the, we have, might have a little bit better mix on our top five. But we wanted to give them a little bit of a, a tribute anyway. So uh, here's a little Mickey and Minnie for you. <laughs> What a sweet couple. Yay. Yay, Mickey and Minnie. What a sweet couple. And they would probably be our number one. That's why we decided to rule them out for this list. But uh, they're always number one in our hearts. Absolutely. And uh, it all started with the mouse. So. Yes. Both of them. That's right. Both of them born on the same day. Yes. Yes. Along with Pete, which is not part of the romantic <laughs> couple at all. But, you know, just, just you, you always know. have to have that villain. Yes. Right. So let's get to it. Our five favorite Disney romantic couples. We just wanted to go anywhere within the Disney realm. It could be uh, animated. It could be live action. It could be from Disney Pixar. It could be from whatever you wanted. Uh, We always do this. If you've listened to our five favorite series before, we always do this. We count down. We alternate. Michelle will give her number five. Then I'll give my number five. And Michelle will give her number four. And then I'll give my number four. And so forth until we hit our top spot. But we always start with Michelle. One, because it's ladies first. But she always, believe me, when this is all said, you're going to be like, oh, her list blows his list away. So we're totally going to start with Michelle. And so let's get to our five favorite Disney romantic couples with number five from Michelle. All right. And just to pre-warn everybody, my list is kind of eclectic. Mm. <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. That's a surprise. All right. And so actually the funny thing is my number five couple do not have names. Really? <laughs> Can you guess who they are? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. They're mother and father from Swiss Family Robinson. Oh. So they never did give them names. Uh, obviously, that's a pretty obscure couple in the mm-hmm. world of favorites. Um, but I really love how they not only came together through adversity, but they were able to show their love by making the impossible happen. That's true. Right? And, um, you know, and they both made sacrifices. So uh, they, you know, the father wanted to make sure mother had as luxurious of a life as she could when they were in their Robinson Crusoe level problems. Um, you know, and it was his goal to make his wife happy. And then, uh, spoiler, if you haven't seen the movie. Uh, By the way, there'll be all spoilers <laughs> for this because we're going to talk about all these movies. So if you haven't seen them, I'm sorry, right. but we're going to be talking about them. And movies. I know this is an old classic, but it's just one that I did remember. And when I was especially going through the list of Disney films and things, it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about them. But even his wife, mother, um, she made a, a very generous sacrifice at the end of the movie when they were actually able to be rescued. 
Uh, she knew her husband wanted the adventure of a lifetime, and so she chose to the option of being you know, rescued from there and agreed to stay there with him and let him live his adventure. So I thought that was, uh, you know, for both of them, that they really did cherish each other and wanted to make each other as happy as possible. And they, I guess there is an alternate couple. I'm not saying they're on my list, but Roberta and Fritz, their son and then future mm. daughter-in-law, uh, were also in that movie. And some fun facts about that movie. Mm -hmm. It was actually uh, based on a book written by Johann Weiss. I think I said that right. Now I'm getting your your, your kind of thing. Yeah, it's catching. Um, And and, uh, the author actually wasn't really at first planning to make a book. He was just trying to record stories that he and his son would make up. And so that's how that book kind of came together. So. Um, And the other thing that's great about this movie is it resulted in... The treehouse yes. at the Disney Park. So, yes. well, you know. One that's still left over at uh, Magic Kingdom right. and still exists. And now it's Tarzan's treehouse over at uh, Disneyland. And right, right. And Disneyland Park. But it but. initiated as right. the Swiss Family Robinson treehouse. So, yes. That was my number Very five. Good. You know, couple. I don't know the last time I've seen that movie all the way through. I know you've put it on sometimes when we've gone to sleep at <laughs> night. I, 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 it, as with every movie at night, it's like 30 seconds I'm watching and then I'm out. Right. Well, that's um, a definite movie that can help put you to sleep. Not that <laughs> well, I didn't like way it. Way to sell it. Way <laughs> no, to sell it. I know. But if you're already familiar with the story, you'll understand. I have to watch it again. It's been a long, yeah. long, long time. So we'll yeah. have to check that out again. Yeah, at some point, so let's hear about your number five. Yeah, as I told you before, her list is going to blow my mind. Be so straightforward; <laughs> it's going to be so obvious. It's going to be—it's really not going to be a big deal. But my number five uh, goes from a movie I love, one of the more underrated movies out there, in my opinion, uh, and that is Hercules. And of course, my my favorite uh, couple, my fifth favorite couple, is Hercules and Megara. How do you know what I'm like? All I know is you're the most amazing person with weak ankles I've ever met. (laughs) I wish to stay on Earth with her. I finally know where I belong. So, this couple is just such a classic, interesting couple. Uh, And it's all love between the two of them. Although Meg fights it from the beginning. Hercules gives up everything just to save her. First time he sacrifices himself to save her from the underworld. Makes himself a true hero, which would have elevated him to God status. Except for, you know what? He decided that I'd rather be with her than become a god and live on Mount Olympus. Uh, It's just who he is. He is a hero through and through. That is what you would expect from him. Meg, on the other hand, goes through a deeper struggle. Uh, she's been kind of done over by uh, boys in the past, guys in her past. As a matter of fact, that's why she is in the underworld working for Hades. She kind of here's indentured servant, essentially. Um, and she begins the film just kind of looking out for herself because, you know, hey, she's been done over by these men in the past. I'm just looking to get my my way out of working with Hades. Uh, but as she meets Herc, she falls for him, even though she wants to fight it uh, all the way through, you know, the, the great song, uh, don't, I won't say I'm in love, you know, right. uh, but you could tell that she is swooning over him. And in the end, she gives into it and uh, falls for him. And it just is such a touching moment between the two of them when we get to the end. And like I said before, Herc gives up being a god right. 
to stay on earth with Meg. It's fantastic. That is. And that is a great, exceptional couple story. I mean, like both of our number fives were people who gave up such mm-hmm. significant sacrifice is going to be a huge theme right. throughout this you're going to see right, that a right. lot yeah. so um yeah that's great and i also like the uh the story of how susan egan actually got the the voice part for that yeah it's a funny story you know i mean she she was being she was bell on broadway at the time she was the first original bell on broadway and uh you know they told her about this part and she tried out for it and they're like <laughs> You know, you're Belle. You know, I, this, we want someone with an edge. And she's like, well, that's where I live. You know, she, she's like, Belle was a part. I live as Meg. She feels that she, she very much uh, is Meg in many regards. And so she tried out for it and eventually got the role. And I, I believe she had to send in a voice part. Not They couldn't watch her because they saw her too much as Belle. If right, I'm not right. Yeah. So. so really cool. And if you ever see her live, she tells the story. Uh, it, it's a great story. So you, you should go check her out live because she's really interesting. Sometimes she appears on the, the Disney Cruise Line ships. That's where we've seen her once. And, but she also tours around with the, the uh, uh, what is it, the Princess Party, I think is what it's called, the Broadway Princess Party or something like oh, that, where there's a couple right, other yes. former Broadway princesses, and uh, they've been touring around. But uh, they, she puts on a great show. Anyway, I digress. Let's get to your number four Disney romantic couple. Michelle. All right. Well, thank you. So when first creating this list, I I guess I psychologically didn't think about all the realms of Disney, and I, I kind of limited my picks to Disney movies. Mm-hmm. So my number four pick, my 4A. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. It, it begins. And it begins. Was... Roger Rabbit and Jessica oh, from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Come on, Roger, let's go home. I'll bake you a carrot cake. <laughs> really, uh, such an unlikely pair that you couldn't help but smile when they uh, display their signs of affection towards each other. And it's a really, they're really, really cute together. And I thought, oh, why not think about them? Because that that is, you know, you don't always have the perfect match in a relationship mm-hmm. and yet, you know, coming together, they can still be very happy together and, and help each other. Such so. an interesting couple and in that they're so different. He's the silly, a silly rabbit, essentially, right. you know, and just crazy cartoon character. And she's the sultry babe cartoon right? character. <laughs> you know, you just wouldn't see the two of them together, but their love story is, is classic. Right, yeah. right. So, um, but as I mentioned, then I started considering the fact that wow, I could actually go beyond just Disney films with my list. How fun. So expanding that circle out to any Disney couple, I realized Candace and Jeremy from Phineas <laughs> and Ferb would have to make this list. Just call me Candance Flynn. <laughs> okay, that's your new nickname. Wait, what? No, I'm not supposed to nickname myself. You're supposed to come up with it. You don't even care enough to try. Hey, wait a second. I call you Candace, but not because I don't care enough to come up with a cute nickname for you. I call you Candace because I happen to really like that name. You do? Of course I do. Because it's your name. I love Candace and Jeremy. <laughs> right? They're such a cute couple. <laughs> they, are. A hilarious, they are a hilarious couple. They're, they're so funny, but they truly capture the essence of young love. And if you ever have seen Phineas and Ferb, you know what we're talking about. Um, but if you haven't, that's a show that you really mm-hmm. you really need to catch. But yes, yeah, so my alternate four would be Candace and Jeremy. That's, you know, what's funny about that is Jeremy is the one thing that will 
almost steer Candace away from trying to bust her brother. Right. Almost. <laughs> almost. Sometimes it <laughs> does, but mostly it's almost works. But it's, it's I know. Funny. But they do complement each other well. They do, um, you know, understand each other's little quirks about each other, and, and they still love each other uh, with those things in mind. So cute, cute couple, I mm-hmm. think. Your list is so much better than mine. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Your list is so... <laughs> So quirky and fun, and mine's just like, yep, yeah, here we go, straight down to typical Disney, but you know. No, so we funny. always knew you were a princess at art, so I, I mean. I am. I am. And you know, I bet you that every one of these that I'm going to list made me uh, tear up at some point. That it, All of it us. almost goes without saying. So. Right. So I love that pick. Those picks, those are great picks. Thank you. Uh, my number four Disney romantic couple is Ellie and Carl from. Disney Pixar's up. I am about to let you see something I have never shown to another human being ever in my life. You will have to swear you will not tell anyone. Cross your heart. Do it. My adventure book. You know him. <gasps> Charles Munz. Explore. When I get big, I'm going where he's going. South America. It's like America, but south. Wonder where I'm going to live? Paradise Falls. A land lost in time. I ripped this right out of the library book. (gasps) I'm going to move my clubhouse there and park it right next to the falls. Who knows what lives up there? And once I get there, well, I'm saving these pages for all the adventures I'm going to have. Only, I just don't know how I'm going to get to Paradise Falls. That's it! You can take us there in a blimp! Swear you'll take us! Cross your heart! Cross it! Cross your heart! Good, you promised. No backing out. <laughs> so the best thing about that is that that is pretty much there is a little bit more dialogue just a little bit before that but that is almost the entire dialogue of their scene yet in like it's about 15 minute scene uh it just steals you for how great they are as a couple how wonderful they are uh the only reason they aren't higher on my list is because unfortunately they're only together for about 15 minutes right. of this film but within that 15 minutes without mostly without dialogue you just get this beautiful and heartbreaking love story between the two of them. They fall in love as children, as you've just heard. They get married. They fix up the house that they met in uh, and, and then go to live in it. They go to work together at the zoo, him blowing up balloons. He's kind of a, an animal uh, keeper there. Um, they try to have children. Unfortunately, they're unable to have children. So they go in. They decide they're going to save for these adventures, the adventure book she was just mentioning there. But as uh, it does with everybody, life gets in the way. The car blows a tire, a tree falls on the house, whatever. They keep having to break into the jar of money to to pay for this. Uh, Yet they still find their way through life, doing fun things at home, loving one another. 
until, unfortunately, heartbreakingly, Ellie comes down with an illness and sadly passes away with Carl by her side. And it just rips your heart out because in that 15 minutes, you've actually adored this couple. Uh, It's magnificent. It's tragic all at the same time. And if it didn't ruin you, I don't want to know you. You're not right. human. If it didn't ruin you the first few times you watched this film, and probably even up to now, if I watch it, it'll still ruin me. Uh, you have no soul. Uh, it's it's just right. a beautiful, right. beautiful 15 minutes of a great film. It is. It is. It is one of the most touching um, pieces of film work out there for sure. You definitely get to see the depth of their love, even like you said, without having a lot of dialogue. You just see it. You 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 notice it in all the little details, and it that is a great couple to have on your list. That is, they are a perfect example of an exceptional Disney love story. Yeah, I mean, it's such a touching story. And if, like I said, this they could have been number one if it wasn't for it right. only takes up a small portion of this film. Although his love carries on to throughout the film, and is part of what drives the film throughout it is his love. He makes basically makes the house. You know, is Ellie right? It's right, her home. That's where he met her, and you know, and such and such. So, and that makes sense okay. that uh, that's on your list. That movie is very near and dear to our hearts. When we did our vow renewal, we actually had our our pin exchange, which mm-hmm. both of us mm-hmm. secretly or unbeknownst to each of us had picked from that movie. So. I think that's an awesome pick. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. So that's my number four pick as for Disney Romantic Couples. And on to number three, Michelle's number three. Okay. So my number three, also a little out there, huh. is, I know, is Pocahontas and John Rolfe from Pocahontas 2. Two. 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 With every kiss, we'll promise this. We'll find a way to light the dawn of all we wish. Not John Smith for one. <laughs> no. No, it's two. It is two. So it's I know. straight to video. Right, especially considering it was a sequel movie. But here, you know, again, we see the strong female lead who happens to be a Disney princess in Pocahontas. Um, but she was able to see on in him, in John Rolfe, the very gentle, loving side of the person that he was. I, you know, there's a there's a piece in there where um, he's interacting with his, um, I guess, um, housekeeper, and just shows how much he is a caring person. Even though initially his interactions with Pocahontas uh, were somewhat clashing. You know, he he initially wanted her father to be the one to, to uh, go over to England with him. Um, but he did, he felt he was kind of settling having her come over, but then he realized just how strong she was of a, of a person, not only as a person for herself, but for her culture. And it was fun watching to see how their loved uh, really grew and transformed. You know, it came from him trying to fit her into the British mold of society to seeing that her culture actually had so much richness and depth to it. And so he really then supported her to be coming out with all the elements of her culture. So couldn't help but really appreciate the love that they, they 
came to have for each mm-hmm. other. That is cute. Uh, I've I've watched it with you, and uh, I appreciate it. I'm not a huge either one of the Pocahontas movies. I'm not the hugest fan of either one of those movies. I think some of the music, especially in the first one, is is beautiful, stunning mm-hmm. stuff done by Alan Menken. Uh, but uh, it's just not my thing so much. But I understand where you're going there. And again, it's a perfect pick for you because <laughs> I know you love that movie, I and do. I know it's just a little bit out there, and uh, that's where you like to live. And I, I love it. I love it. It's one of the many things I love about you. Oh, I mean, it's you're hilarious. sweet. You're so that's sweet. Great. And uh, very interesting pick. And if you haven't seen it, you know, go check out uh, Pocahontas too, and you can know, judge for yourself on what right. you think. I, I would compares to Pocahontas and how it compares to other Disney films. Right. But. And there are some good songs in there as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it does, you know, show a little bit more depth of, you know, what Pocahontas had to do for her, her people. Mm-hmm. So. Interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Another good pick from Michelle. My number three, straight down the avenue again, <laughs> right to where you would expect. My number three romantic Disney couple is... Lady in the Tramp. Now tell me, what's your pleasure? A la carte? Dinner? Oh, 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 oh. Aha. Okay. Hito. Pucci, he says he wants two spaghetti speciale. Heavy on the pizza bowl. Tony, dogs don't talk. He's a talker to me. Okay, he's a talker to you. You're the boss. Mamma mia. Here you are, the best spaghetti in a town. Oh, this is the night when the heavens are right on this lovely bed on So I love Lady and the Tramp. You know, they're two characters they come from completely different worlds uh tramp you know out there on the street essentially lady from this proper home uh with jim deer and darling as her parents uh, you know uh but they are one of the sweetest couples they come together to become one of the sweetest couples in disney history and who hasn't recreated that epic scene we were just talking about there with this or just uh you just listened to there with the right. spaghetti uh and the meatballs and you know them of course the the, the one string and then the kiss and then him <laughs> nosing over the meatball to right. her, the extra meatball that's left over. It's just an adorable, adorable scene. Um, and you know what? Also within this movie, I mean, everybody knows it for that scene. If you haven't even seen the whole film, you know that scene. Uh, but really, they sacrifice things for each other. They both save each other at different times in the film. Tramp saves Lady when she's taken to the pet store to get a muzzle put on her because they're afraid that uh, Jim Deere and Darling have just had a, a baby and uh, they're afraid that she was going to, well not them, but uh, Aunt Sarah right. is afraid that uh, she might hurt the baby. So uh, they go to the pet store given a muzzle. She is frightened, runs away. Uh, Tramp good, finds her, fights off a pack of stray dogs, other stray <laughs> dogs, uh, and then helps get the muzzle removed from her and saves her. Uh, Meanwhile, Lady saves Tramp later on uh, when they're both caught uh, mistakenly trying to save the the child, the toddler, uh, who was being attacked by a rat. Uh, They end up killing this rat. Um, Tramp gets 
taken away the dog catcher. Lady goes, runs to Jim Deere and Darling and shows them the rat and tells them. And then they go and they save Tramp. She has few sacrifices to save him. Uh, eventually, it's all wraps up in a nice little bow. Tramp is brought home by Jim Deere and Darling. They stays with Lady. Uh, they have puppies together and they live happily ever after. It's a wonderful, right. sweet story of two different cultures coming together. And, you know, uh, it's, it's just typical, wonderful, beautiful. Disney. Absolutely. And actually, that is my number two. Ah, so we were kind of. We were close. Very on that close one. there. Yeah. Um, like you said, it, it's a great movie. Always loved this ever since I was a child. And I even named one of my stuffed animals Lady mm-hmm. in, because it was in honor of her. And I just loved her in the movie. Um, and that scene is got to be the most romantic scene in film history, I think. That would be my my thought, <laughs> um, where they are sharing the, the, arguably the string true, yeah. of spaghetti, mm-hmm. you know, and looking at each other so lovingly. So. Tony's there playing the music yeah, and singing Bella Nota. Yeah, exactly. It Walk is, through the park. Touching. Yeah. 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 So good choice. Good choice. And they even, you know, it's such a, it's such a funny classic couple movie because there's even a part in it where lady finds out that Trent, like he's not, she's not the first girlfriend that Tramp has had, <laughs> I know, right? you know, and she's like, Oh, so she's all offended and gets mad at Tramp because of it, you right. know, but they, you know, they all come together at the end. It's, it, it is, it's, it's, it's a rom-com before <laughs> rom-coms were really a thing. True, you true. Know, it's really great. Yeah. And I love the other characters too, the uh, neighborhood dogs that are, you know, trying to be friends with her and make sure she's in a safe situation mm-hmm. and kind of keep track of her. So. Yeah. yeah. Cute, cute, cute. Boom. Yes. Good Thank choice. So good that, couple. That is my number three Disney romantic couple. On to number two. Michelle already told us her number two, which mm-hmm. is Lady in the Tramp. Right. Do you have anything so, more to say about Lady no, in the Tramp? No, no. Thank you. Covered so, it well. Let's get to my number two. Which is, this is going to be off the wall. This is going to be higher than anybody expects this couple to be. But they just, something about this couple to me just strikes close to home. And so my number two is Rapunzel (laughs) and Eugene Fitzherbert, (laughs) also known as Flynn Rider. Just like Lady and the Tramp, they come from two completely different worlds. She's been trapped in a tower since she was a toddler, taken away by Mother Gothel from her parents. He's been trying to make his way in the world. Okay, it says a thief, all right, but you know, he's guy's got to do what he's got to do when you're in the kingdom of Corona and you're not, you know, you're you're, you're basically an orphan. I think he's what he was. Uh, you know, they they find each other. They go on this adventure together that changes both of them. She begins as this neurotic, you know, girl who just doesn't know what she wants to do. You know, she knows she wants to do this thing. She's wanted to get out of the tower forever, but at the same time, she's worried that she's hurting her mother, quote unquote. Right. Very um, conflicted. Yes, very conflicted. Um, but my, by the end of the film, she's this strong young woman who is wicked with a fry pan. <laughs> He starts out as, as a self-absorbed criminal that is just trying to, you know, put up this false front of who he is, including with his name, right. Flynn Rider, you know. Uh, but he finds with Rapunzel that he can be himself. He can let down his guard, uh, find someone to care about besides himself. Uh, and he's able to show his true self. Thus telling her his real name, Eugene Fitzherbert. In the end, it comes down to sacrifice between the two of them again just like we've talked before sacrifices are a huge thing 
And here it is, the biggest sacrifice with both of them. No, 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 no. Eugene. No. Look at me. Look at me. I'm right here. Don't go. Stay with me, Eugene. Flower gleam and glow. Let your power shine. Make the clock reverse. Bring back what once was Rapunzel. beautiful clip in the end she's willing to sacrifice the one thing she's always wanted you don't hear it in this because it's kind of given away before that clip but she gives up her freedom she's willing to save eugene's life by giving up her freedom promising that she'll go with mother gothel and basically become her indentured servant meanwhile you heard it in that clip uh he sacrifices his life to save Rapunzel from being this indentured servant to Mother Gothel, right. cuts off her hair, no, you know, assumes at that point that he can't be saved. Right. He's willing to give his life to save Rapunzel from that having to be the outcome. It's, you know, again, uh, sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. Right, right. Kind of paralleling with um, one of your other selections of Hercules. You know, he's giving up, you know, becoming a god or, you know, being making the choice to be mortal and and this is taking it that that step further beyond that is he's giving up his life so that she's not becoming like you said where she totally loses any of her freedom and becomes a slave to this it it shows at the end how much the both the characters have developed she is willing to give up the one thing she really wanted freedom to save him and he is willing to give up. I mean, just consider how much he was all about him at the beginning of the movie. And by right. the end, it's all about her. Uh, to me, and that scene, by the way, it gets me every yeah, single I time it I watch awesome. it still to this day. It's a yep. beautiful scene. Um, it's actually funny because it's uh, similar to uh, the end of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I was thinking that exact yeah. same thing as you were describing it. They are similar in different ways. Right, uh, right. But they are very similar scenes. Anyways, uh 
I love them. They're probably higher than anybody else would have them on their list, but I love that couple, and that's why they're my number two Disney romantic couple. Right. On to our top spot, our number one Disney romantic couple. Michelle, I have a feeling about this one. I know. I'm thinking I have we're, a feeling I about think this one. We're going to have the same one. Let's go to n- Michelle's number one Disney romantic couple. And I think I'll be really shocked if it's not the same as yours. Well, let's hear it. What All is right. it? Wally and Eve. Wally. 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 They're so cute. I know they are. They are adorable. And, you know, so obviously that drives kind of the decision to put them as number one. But and yes, they are my number one as well. I, that's I, what I know. figured. That's what I figured. When you hadn't put Wally and Eve before now, I thought, oh, I think we're uh, we're going to be tied. I yeah. thought maybe you had it as number two. So, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, they are adorable to watch. I mean, again, it's another film with not a lot of dialogue. Very um, little. Very at least, little. Especially from them. Right. Because they can only say so much. But. Right. But you just see, uh, you know, one, you see the adventures that they have together. Um, but then again, with the sacrifice theme, you see how they sacrifice. You know, she sacrifices her prime directive mm-hmm. to save him. He sacrifices his life, you know, for, for her and, and, you know, what he feels is supporting her prime directive mm-hmm. so um again another one where where they they do have those elements of sacrificing for each other but all in all they are just the most adorable couple and you know similar to what, like what you said i mean it gets you gets you every time i mean the scenes where he's when she is like shut down and he's you know protecting her from the rain and then getting mm-hmm. himself hit by lightning and you know all these other things while she's you know uh in her like cocoon state and then how she gets to visualize what he did later on. And then, you know, you could tell she already liked him, but now she has this deeper appreciation for what he d- did for her and, and how he feels towards her. And it's just, again, cute, 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 cute. Yeah. <laughs> it, ties, it ties in all the themes we've talked about so far. As a matter of fact, this to me feels like a very futuristic Lady in the Tramp, a post-apocalyptic right. <laughs> Lady in the Tramp, essentially. Yeah. Uh, it's... But yes, they come from different worlds, completely different. Uh, you know, she's very polished, very stylish. You know, Sleek. he is, you know, he's in there, he's digging around in the garbage right, all the time, right. you know, and, but he's the most romantic robot you will ever <laughs> I see. Know. He works hard all day, goes home at night, watches musicals, you know, right? uh, <laughs> you know, he loves his little, little roach friend you know yes. it's, 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 i know you got a tough time getting past but it's, it's the cutest roach you'll ever meet um uh, and meanwhile she's so dedicated you just talked about it about to her directive you know and she right. must not stray from that i have to stick to my directive my right. directive my directive but in the end you know she sacrifices that there's this scene where you know he's he's telling her you know 
directive, directive. And she's like, no, you're my directive now. Right, right. You know, and, uh, it's just, it's, and when at the end, when, oh God, it's another one that we, if you don't, if it doesn't wreck you at the right, end, right. you know, I don't want to know you because it's such a beautiful <laughs> film. It is. Um, and again, you know, such a wonderful love story. And it's amazing that uh, Disney Pixar was able to do this considering how little dialogue, but you yes. absolutely love those characters. As little dialogue as there is, you love, you see that love story happen and you fall in love with them right along with them. And it's amazing. Right. And you do, like I mentioned, you see their adventure, you see them interacting, especially Wally, interacting with humans, interacting with other, you know, robots and things. And, you know, she's going along for the ride and you can tell she's just loving it. It's not something that was in her nature to do, but, you know, she's she's enjoying it as well. So, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's just just a great, great love story, and uh, we, we really appreciate it. And it's one of our favorites. Yeah, it's that's funny why that they're both our number one. In sync once again. <laughs> that's right. In sync once again. So, yep, uh, great couples. We'd love to know who your favorite Disney couples are. We're going to go through a few more from our listeners here in just a second. But yeah. uh, feel feel free to contact us and let us know uh, how messed up my list is, how perfect Michelle's <laughs> no. list is. Uh, we would love to hear from you who your favorites are. And we did hear from some people on Twitter this week. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I have a couple honorable mentions. Let me get to those in, after... Sounds good. Uh, let me get to the Twitter ones first because some of the honorable mentions might be mentioned um, from okay. some of our Twitter okay. uh, followers. So, uh, by the way, these people, all great follows. You should check them out if you're on Twitter and give them a follow. Uh, we'll start with uh, DVC Duo, at DVC Duo. Uh, their favorites were Aladdin and Jasmine. Good night, my handsome prince. Sleep well, princess. Classic couple. Right. Uh, they're, they're, they've been going to be mentioned by a few more people that listen to us. I, I think they're a beautiful couple that come together. Right. Really. Makes sense. And kind of similar to what we're saying with the relationship of um, Entangled, two people coming from very different backgrounds, um, coming together and appreciating each other mm-hmm. in a more deep way. Yeah, it's uh, great movie and uh, really a terrific couple. Terrific couple. And awesome music. Yes, <laughs> really good music. Really yes. good music. Uh, great movie. Um, this one is interesting from Nicole, who's at Yankee Chick 22. Uh, her pick was Bianca and Bernard from The Rescuers and The Rescuers Down Under, Very who I didn't even cool. really think of. Right. But I loved that movie when I was young. I loved The Rescuers. Um, I actually don't know if I've seen The Rescuers Down Under, which is weird because I love The Rescuers yeah. so much. But right. um, Played by Bob Newhart and Ava Gabor, of yeah. all people. Uh, <laughs> but they're a great couple. And just a, and again, two people come from totally different worlds that uh, come together. So right. What very, a great couple. Very cute and comical and... And one you might not think of right off the bat. Uh, here's this guy's funny on on Twitter. Uh, Drunk Stormtrooper, who's <laughs> at WDW Jedi Master. Uh, he's hilarious on Twitter, by the way. Uh, he likes Bell and Beast, of course, mm-hmm. which uh, totally makes sense. You came back. Of course, I came back. I couldn't let them. Oh, this is all my fault. If only I'd gotten here sooner. Maybe it's better. It's better this way. Don't talk like that. 
You'll be all right. We're together now. Everything's going to be fine. You'll see. And at least I got to see you one last time. Don't leave me. <laughs> I love you. It's a bit of a long scene, so I wasn't going to go to the transformation scene, but it's an, <laughs> another just wonderful, wonderful moment, you know. And just like I was talking a little bit about uh, Rapunzel. And Eugene, and it's right. just the same, very similar in many ways, um, but it's just stunningly beautiful, and their love is is great. It was really close to making my list. Right, right. Yeah, based. totally get that. And, I mean, obviously, such a great story that it made it to become a Broadway production mm-hmm. as well as live action. So, yeah, it it shows the, the test of time of that couple um, being considered... Pretty top up there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of years ago when uh, the live action Beauty and the Beast came out, we had it was right at our anniversary. We mm-hmm. did a Beauty and the Beast weekend, anniversary right. weekend. The first day we went and saw uh, we went and saw um, Susan Egan, who right. played Belle originally on Broadway. We saw her live up. Uh, she was up in Long Beach doing a show. So we went and saw her. And that was the kickoff of our anniversary weekend. Then we went home and I cooked... Beef ragu, cheese souffle, uh, for Michelle for, <laughs> and we amazing. watched, and we watched, uh, Beauty and the Beast, the original animated classic that you just heard. Uh, and then we, the next day, we went and watched the live action, which was actually on our anniversary. Right. So we just had a Beauty and the Beast anniversary weekend, which was, was a lot of fun. It was fun. It and was I made fun. the gray stuff as well. You did. It was delicious. No pie and pudding on flambe. <laughs> I was a little scared of that, but. Yeah, I was scared there was going to be a flambe in the kitchen. (laughs) Turn off the stove. Anyway, uh, great couple. Nearly, nearly made my list. Uh, Onward, uh, JC, who's at JustJilly77, agrees with us. Wally and Eve. Yeah. Number one. Uh, Destinations with Character Travel Agency uh, at Dest with Char or Care, depending on anyone, obviously, from Destinations with Character. Uh, two names we've already went through, Jasmine and Aladdin and yep. Belle and the Beast. Nice. Yes. Uh, Magic Our Way. This is, I love this one. Magic Our Way, who is at Magic Our Way. Ray and Evangeline from The Princess and the Frog. Oh, wow. Ray the Lightning Bug and Evangeline yes. the Star. What a great choice that, that is. is. Uh, such a touching, touching love story. No one right. really believes Ray. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Evangeline. Sure, Evangeline or whatever. Yeah. You know? And he sings the song to Evangeline, the star. And they're like, okay, you love a star or whatever. Right. But in the end, when the, the heartbreaking moment when Ray sacrifices himself and passes away, um, little star appears right next to Evangeline, and you see the lights that shine from right. them. It looks like they're holding hands up there. It's so beautiful it and is. touching. And what a great choice to right. put on there. Yeah. Bring up awesome, wonderful, wonderful pick. I uh, really love that yeah. one so much. Uh, Janelle, who is at Janelle thirty four eighty eight zero, likes Carl and Ellie, who we yeah. like as well. And uh, the Dizflix and Tidbits podcast, who are at Dizflix Tidbit, 
uh, like Donald and Daisy. Yeah. Well, I think is a great, great right, couple. Right, right. Yes, definitely. Them. They made my honorable mention list that if we could have had 10, they would have been, <laughs> been on there. List. They yes. would have been on there. Yes, definitely. They were nearly on there. Uh, so thank you for all our yeah, uh, Twitter good, followers good who chimed in. And you know, feel free to uh, contact us if ever you want. Please follow all these people. They're all great. They're a lot of fun. And uh, you want to follow us on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast. We have a lot of fun out on Twitter. Absolutely. So uh, do you have some more honorable mentions that we didn't name I yet? I do. I have Felix and Sergeant Calhoun oh, yes. from Wreck-It Ralph. Felix, yes. Yes, yes. absolutely. I mentioned Donald and Daisy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain America and Peggy Carter. No, oh, yeah. Unfortunately, that the relationship just didn't get to where it needed I to go. I know, but they yes. were in they love. They were in love. It was, yes. it was adorable, yes. Uh, Lightning McQueen and Sally. Oh, yeah, of course. Yes. And another favorite one of mine, uh, because it comes from one of my all-time favorite movies, Generso and Cassian. Oh, but they weren't a love story. Well, they weren't in love. They were in they love. They were not. They, they were not in they love. They started getting in no, love. No, they just had a shared experience, but there was not love there. They All were right. Not in we love. want to hear from our listeners. Yeah, Do no. you think they were in love? No, no, yes. no, 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 no. They were not in love. You don't need to put it there. Okay. <laughs> not, not. No, it could have evolved into that eventually, but they hadn't known each other for long enough. They, they'd just been through a shared. They do give a nice look to one another at the end. You know? Yes, I, I still think it was more of a shared experience thing than actual love. So, in my world, <laughs> okay, they had okay. feelings for each other. Uh, some other uh, great ones. <laughs> <laughs> Some other great ones that we didn't talk about. Ariel and Eric, of course, right. from The Little Mermaid. Tiana and Naveen, mm-hmm. the second best couple, apparently, from The Princess right, and the Frog. Right. Uh, Anna and Kristoff from Frozen. Sure. They're cute as can be. Um, Nala and Simba from The Lion King. Right, right. And uh, this one really isn't Disney, but it's kind of Disney. So, you know, we can't leave without you know having a little bit of this uh, somewhere in our our grouping han we need you we need yes well, what about you need? i know i don't know what you're talking about probably not and what precisely am i supposed to know come on you want me to stay because of the way you feel about me yes you're a great help to us you're a natural leader no that's not it Come on. Uh, come on. You're imagining things. Am I? Then why are you following me? Afraid I was going to leave without giving you a goodbye kiss? I just assumed it's a woman. I can arrange that. You can use a good kiss. Hey, your worship, I'm only trying to help. Would you please stop calling me that? Sure, Leia. You make it so difficult sometimes. I do, I really do. You can be a little nicer, though. Come on, admit it. Sometimes you think I'm all right. Occasionally, maybe, when you aren't acting like a scoundrel. Scoundrel? Scoundrel? I like the sound of that. Stop that. Stop what? Stop that. My hands are dirty. My hands are dirty, too. What are you afraid of? Afraid? You're trembling. I'm not trembling.
luck's coupling. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, you're perfectly welcome, sir. I love you. I know. So, of course, I'm talking about Han and Chewie as my romantic couple. <laughs> no, of course, Han and Leia. And the only reason they would have been on my list if they – I can't really officially – yes, they were in one Disney Star Wars film together. Right. But they weren't really in a – you know, when they were really together. I mean, right, there, was kind right. of, there, there was kind of a weird part of their relationship where they were in for, The Force Awakens. Uh, so I couldn't really add them in there. Right. But they definitely deserve honorable mention because what a love story between the two yes. of them. Again, Lady and the Tramp. Right. Well, even that – even though they were in – they weren't um, still together mm-hmm. in that Star Wars movie, they were still in love. Yes. You could tell that they still, you know, things had gotten in the way. Life had gotten in the way. Right, The fact that their son had basically gone over to the dark side really, you know, put them up. Or maybe there was some other stuff as well that went on with their life. But um, they still were definitely in love. Exactly. Exactly. So that's our list, uh, all of our – and we again, we cheated and added more than our top five. <laughs> but that's how well we do it here because, right. you know, it's our show. <laughs> so uh, we'd love to know what your uh, favorite Disney couples are. Feel free to contact us in any way. I've given you some of the information already and we'll give it again at the end of the show. But we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. And thank you to those of you who sent in your, your mm-hmm. selections already. We give them two thumbs up and uh, right there with you. Right there with you. So we continue on our theme as this Valentine's Day show continues on. And our second main topic of the week is going to be our visit to Disneyland uh, just this last Thursday uh, for Disneyland After Dark Sweethearts Night. And that was so much fun. You know, it was uh, really an, a, an exceptional event, I think, and it mm-hmm. really captured the, the sweetheart uh, theme essence throughout all the things that they did, um, you know, and it, it's obviously going on attractions without large cri- crowds is Disney World is super nice, but they really did a lot for the ambiance and special touches that really made this uh, truly set apart from other routine, uh, you know, visits to Disneyland. Yeah, we had a great time. It's a, uh, if you don't know what this is, it's a ticketed event. Uh, they did a couple of Disneyland After Darks last year. This was the first of the ones this year. They're doing a 90s night coming up here next month in March. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, they had projections going up and down uh, Main Street USA on the Matterhorn, on It's a small world and they played romantic disney songs all throughout the park as the night went on right uh really a great time they had special food selections at uh, almost every one of the restaurants out there lots of tons of different stuff that you know that just had something to to do with uh romance and love and everything including i can see right here michelle has the pamphlet the map here in front of me and i see just at the churro card in new orleans square that there was the burning love valentine churro Um, they had chocolate covered strawberry beignets uh all sorts of stuff Uh, of course uh, you know they also had uh spaghetti and meatballs for 
Lady and the Tramp. That's right. You know, uh, that was out there for some people. But um, unfortunately, none of the food was free. As if you'd gone to many of the Disney ticketed events, there's like some sort of snacks a lot of times or other things for free. Not at this event. So you had to be prepared for that. Right, right. But going along with what you said with the, the songs playing throughout the park all night long, that was just really a special touch that, you know, we've talked about a similar experience you get on the Disney cruise ships mm-hmm. when you walk through the halls there and you're hearing Disney songs. Uh, having those played at the park where it was really fun. Again, it just really um, bumped up the ambiance yeah. to be special. That It really made it different. Well, the projections, too. Right. I mean, uh, you know, they were mostly, it was mostly just uh, hearts, you know, Valentine hearts uh, projected with pinks and purples and, you know, right. reds. And uh, But it was really adorable. And up and down the Matterhorn and It's a Small World and especially Main Street USA. Mm-hmm. Just really cool. with them, And they, they went along with the music that was playing. Uh, and it was just all night. It was going all night long, except for they took a break in the middle. Uh, to We got a, a, a viewing of Mickey's Mix Magic, which we actually had seen uh, the week before when we were at the uh, DVC Moonlight Magic. However, we benefited this time. The weather, at least wind-wise, was better, so we got the fireworks along with it. Right. And it was so good. Uh, we, we had a great spot right down the middle of Main Street. You had, right down the middle of Main Street, <laughs> USA. Uh, right in the middle. Uh, and the thing about it is there's projections up and down Main Street, USA. They have the fireworks going off uh, up above uh, where Sleeping Beauty Castle is. And down on the other side, down by the train station, they have lasers going off. You just don't know where to look right. because there's so much going on and there's great music and it's a little bit of a dance party and everything. It was... It was fun. It really was good, really fun. Good time. And so, like you're saying, there's so much going on all around that any place you stood, you had a good view of some fun going on mm-hmm. at that time. So. Yeah. So that was a great time. Yeah. Uh, really benefited from the, uh, the, you know, the fewer amount of people in the park to get a really good spot to see that, especially with your uh, challenge <laughs> height issues. <laughs> right. uh, you know. Um, so that was good for you. Uh, there were. Lots of beautiful photo locations around. Um, I, I saw uh, Little Mermaid. I saw Aladdin. I saw Tangled. Um, we did. We personally did Lady and the right. Tramp. Um, and they also had like also the cast members with little frames, you know, to you know Sweethearts Night, where they you know they'll take your phone or your camera and take your picture, and those were great as well. Uh, the one thing with the uh, the set ones, which were beautiful, the, the Tangled one was spectacular looking. We really wanted a picture with that one, but boy, there were some long lines for those. Yeah, yeah, there were. You know, but what was interesting, too, is, um, yes, they had spots for picture taking, not all of them with characters, some with characters. But what was really fun uh, was seeing the characters, some of the other characters roaming around and interacting mm-hmm. with guests on the street or whatever. So, um, you know, rather than just having them there in a photo op line, you really got to have a way to talk to them. And they were, you know, super fun and funny. And it, again, all these things adding to the atmosphere that made it a special day compared to a regular day at the park. Right. Uh, lots of couples, essentially. All right. the characters that were roaming around were couples of some sort. Uh, and they were out everywhere. And there were some really rare ones that you'll hardly ever see, including Kida and Milo from Atlantis, the Lost Empire, right. which was fascinating to see them out there because you never see them anywhere. And they were great out there. They had, they had a nice line for them because yes. such a rare photo opportunity. And Horace Horsecollar and Clarabelle Cow <laughs> right? were out as well. Again, you, sometimes you'll see Clarabelle at these things, but you hardly ever see Horace. Right. So to see them together, that was great. But yeah, the characters everywhere were a lot of fun. Yeah. Interacting with the 
Gaston. Gaston, that's right. Gaston and Cruella de Vil were right. out there. They were, they were the ones that were single out there walking yes, around. Yes, yeah. yes. But, uh, yes, they were out and roaming yes. too. Uh, there were some fantastic musical outs out there. We stopped by and uh, checked out the dueling pianos for a while, which right. were a lot of fun. They were hysterical. Mm-hmm. I would say that would be a, a, a type of um, show that they could have routinely. I would yeah. drop in on that. Yes, definitely. I think that's true. And we'll talk about something else that I would like to see them do routinely as well in right. a little bit here. They had a dance band on the uh, Mark Twain. Uh, they were doing a moonlight cruise out around the rivers of America, which was cool looking. Unfortunately, we got there right when the band was taking a break. So right. when it was wait for another half an hour or so to get on there or go do other stuff, we decided to do other stuff. So we didn't do the Moonlight Cruise this time, but it looked like a lot of fun. There was a steel drum band playing at the Hideaway, uh, brand new uh, spot that they just opened up about a month ago, right next to the Enchanted Tiki Room. Uh, and of course, uh, they, they had the Get Your Ears On going again uh, yes. down at Tomorrowland, which we talked about last week. Uh, we went by there real quickly. We were going to come back, but we got caught up in this other thing I'm about to talk talk about in a second here. Uh, but we saw that they had a couple of the th- different characters than when we saw. They had a couple right. of the penguins from, right. uh, from Mary Poppins, Poppins. And they also had uh, Lilo, Lilo and Stitch, Stitch out right. there dancing with the people. A very interactive show, and I highly recommend you checking that out. But, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's great that it, it goes on for quite a while. The mm-hmm. characters, you know, uh, they have some come in and some are leaving, but while they're in there, they're, they're not just dancing to do a show like we mentioned last week. They're actually they do a little bit, bit uh, independently, but then they come into the audience and really start dancing with the crowd there. And so it is totally fun doing that. Yes, it was. It was that, that's a great thing. And we were going to go check that out again more, except for that we went down and stumbled across this that they had going on, which was to me personally the greatest part of the night. I loved it so much. It was, it was the Royal Princess Ball. Uh, now, here's how this went down. Uh, they had a, an orchestra, a small orchestra, kind of playing up there with a band leader. And then they had some footmen out there. And then, um, I don't know what you, the announcer, he's an announcer, but there's, there's a title right. for him. I can't think of what it is, unfortunately, right now. But he would announce the couples that they would come in. And there were uh, four um, very Nicely dressed, but uh, rather innocuous couple. They gave, you know, told you from where they were, who they were, and where they right. were from. But you know, and then the guests of honor came out, which were uh, Ariel and Eric, right. Cinderella and Prince Charming, uh, uh, Tiana and Prince Naveen, right. and uh, Princess Jasmine and Aladdin came out, and they did a waltz. Right, you know, and. Uh, they danced together. I, I posted the video on social media. It's out there everywhere. You got to check it out. It's really cool. And then um, after they danced for a couple minutes, they invited everybody else out onto the dance floor with them. So anybody who was around could just go out on the dance floor and you could dance around nearby them. And it was just so cool. Right. And some of them would dance with other people. Yeah. You know, they would, you know, come up to people and, you know, cut in or whatever. And um, then there was just... You know, like you said, everybody coming together and dancing with the, you know, with these other couples around, and it, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was very interactive. You could go out there and you could be dancing, like you said, you could be dancing just with your special someone, and then uh, you, could, you could take a selfie with uh, Prince Charming or right. take a selfie with Ariel or whatever. Or you know, a lot of times they'd be cutting in and you'd be dancing with uh, Naveen or right. you know, dancing with. Uh, Jasmine, Princess Jasmine, yes. 
you know, and it was just really, really interactive and fun. And even uh, Anast- Anastasia and Drusilla yeah. <laughs> came out there and joined in the fun. And, of course, they were trying to cut in with everybody. And right. they were just a hoot. They They're were always so fun. Yes. And they were equally fun out there. It was just a great time. And this is something I would love to see Disneyland do on a regular basis. Find a spot somewhere in the park and do it like on a Friday and a Saturday night, like a special Friday, Saturday night thing, like date night at Disneyland right. type thing. And just have this because I it was so interactive and so fun that I don't yes, it was great for us to experience it for Sweetheart's Night, the you know, a special ticketed event. But I right. think it would be magnificent for people and people would look forward to it if they had it going regularly at the parks. Yeah, I agree. I mean I, I could also see some of the challenges um, to do that because just kind of having crowd control that, you know, everybody would be out there and if you have little kids dancing and then adults around them dancing that you could be tripping over people or whatever. Yeah, I guess he would. I think it it it's would have challenges. I'm not saying undo not doable, but it would have some some things in there that would make it that they'd have to be a little bit more aware of to plan for. Maybe you create it as a, a separate priced item like a, you know, like a, you know, a, a dessert party or something like that where you, right. you pay or you you pay for your meal, your dining party or whatever where you're you're doing the dining package True. to go see the fireworks or whatever where you add on also this thing so you can kind of limit the crowd right. that go in right. and have exactly. it in a certain area. Right. Um, but I would love to see this become more of a thing because it was just so fun and interactive and it's just a great way to get near the characters and we didn't take any pictures with the characters at all. We were nearby them. We would kind of overhear their conversations right. with other guests and you know and we just had a lot of fun in watching them and just dancing between the two right, of us. Right, right, yes. Uh, but it was just a great time. Right, it was. I think we took some video of when they first were dancing mm-hmm. um, more formally together, all the princesses in their, in their bows. But you're right, it, it was, we just had to do it. We had to live the moment and leave the cameras put in our right. pockets. Yeah, <laughs> um, we did take some pictures and I did post the video out there. If you want to find us on social media, I posted it all over our social media. I'll have those at the end if you want to check it out. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was really a good time. Uh, the, the band played different dance numbers. They played a waltz. They played a foxtrot. Right. They played, we, we, we left the floor at the tango, which is, the <laughs> tango was hilarious to see Ariel and Eric doing the tango was right. pretty funny. Um, but it was, it was just a good time. Really good time. Right. You know, they do a good job with their, you know, after hour special ticketed events, whether you're talking like the very Merry Christmas party or not so scary Halloween and this. But I, I, like you said, I would go to this, even with annual passes, mm-hmm. I would go to this if they had like date night type events throughout the year. Right. The only problem we had that night was that it was really, really cold <laughs> for us in Southern California. And I know, again, we, we, com- we complained last week about it being cold for the uh, DVC Moonlight Magic event. Uh, it was at least 10 degrees uh, colder right. this time. It was in the 40s, which, uh, again, for most of the country, you're like, whatever. You know, <laughs> that's, not, that's pretty tepid for us, you know. Uh, but for us here in Southern California, that is really, really cold. And so that was a, it was a bit chilly as the night progressed. And it felt like yes. from, I don't know, from 10 to 11, like it dipped like 10 degrees right, within that right. hour. Uh, really cold, but uh, we had a great, didn't stop us from having a great time. And, you know, Disney doesn't control the weather. You know? right, I'm sure, sure they would have liked to have it be nicer, but like we would have wanted to dress up nicer, but we we're yes. like, no, we need to stay warm. <laughs> so. so we did our best despite that, but we had a great time. We had a great, great time. Oh, yeah, definitely. So uh, 
I have, what, did you go out there? We'd like to know if you went out and if you had a good time as well, because uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, 90s nights coming up. We talked about a little yeah. bit uh, going next month, early March. We'll be out there for that. So if you're going to that, well, maybe we'll see you out there. And that should be a lot of fun as well. Uh, let's finish up our main topics and just do a really quick, uh, we didn't get to see it as early as we expected to, but we did go see finally yesterday, uh, the Lego movie Two, the second part. Uh, and so we wanted to give you just a quick, quick review of that before we move into our Disney stories of the week. Um, and I'll just start off with saying I loved it. It was so good. Yeah. My comment would be go see it. Yeah. (laughs) It is good. It is fun. Um, they really did a great job, I think, especially having a sequel. You never know if they're going to really live up to the hype of the first one. This one went, you know, in a, in a fun, different direction. It had some, obviously, some predictable parts, but it had a lot of unpredictable There's parts some good twists well. in there, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, obviously, we don't want to spoil it, uh, but to say... You know, the, if you if you like the first one, there's a lot of the the characters mm-hmm. um, that that do return, and so they're just as funny as they were in the first one, and you know, making the story a, a very fun fun movie to watch. Right, I'll say it picks up right from where the yes. original Lego Movie left off uh, with the Duplo there. If you remember the original Lego Movie. Uh, it picks up right from there, and then it advances five years into the future, which just happens to be the amount of time between the two films released. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of uh, interesting in that regard. But uh, just like if you love the first one, you will really love this one. I don't know if it's better than the first one, but it definitely lives up to being a very, very good sequel, which can be very, it can be rare. Right, um, exactly. Uh, it, it has many of the characters you love from the first one. Emmett, Lucy, Batman, of course, <laughs> Metal Beard, Unikitty, Benny the spaceship guy, he's so good, and some new characters as well. Tons of nostalgia, just like the first one. There's so much nostalgia wrapped up in this. If you ever played with Legos, if you have children who play with Legos now, you're going to get a lot of this stuff. Uh, It's great for all ages. There are going to be physical comedy and jokes that are going to just crack up your kids, and then there's going to be so many jokes that are just the adults will get. None of the kids will get them. They'll just go right to the adult, and you'll get them. Uh, you'll love it. Um, it's very meta. It really knows what it is. You know, it's, you know, Batman's always making fun of various <laughs> different things from other Batman, you know, not right. just him, you know, right. it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, highly recommend it. I gave it four and a half out of five stars. Oh, I would say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It was very, very enjoyable and fun. Yes. So uh, let us know if you saw it, what you thought of it. We think it's great and we think you should go see it. So, oh, yeah. That's our quick spoiler-free review. Uh, let's get to the Disney stories of the week. As always, we go from main topics to the Disney stories of the week because there's always great Disney stories out there, and we wanted to touch on a few of them here. And I'm going to start with, it looks like, yes, finally, the world of color is set to make its long-awaited Ta-da! return to Disney California Adventure Park. Yay! Yay! Finally! It's been so long. It's been like since April of last year. Yeah. So long. Yeah. Um, it's nothing official from Disney yet, but this from our friends and colleagues at WDW News Today. Uh, they said in their story, after browsing through Disneyland.com, and I did this myself to verify it, uh, we noticed that the World of Color Dessert Party reservations are available for booking starting on Friday, February 22nd. Uh, while it appears that Friday is completely booked and has no availability, there are still open reservations for Saturday the 23rd and so forth. I checked this morning. They are still available for the 23rd, of course. Again, this is uh, February 10th when we're recording this. They were still available when I checked this morning. Nice. Uh, they, for this, if you want to do this package, 
It's a $79 special ticket that includes a reserved seating in Paradise Gardens Park with the desserts uh, and the uh, World of Color preferred uh, viewing area. Uh, to to actually watch the show. Mm-hmm. And then there's access, of course, to the selection of uh, both savory and sweet desserts, uh, and along with some sparkling beverages. So uh, good time. And uh, it's my favorite nighttime spectacular. I love the world of color, and I'm so glad it's coming back. Oh, yeah. I, you know, like you said, we've been looking forward to it for a long time. And you know, it. We just can't wait. Yeah, uh, it's been put off, put off. You know, they say it was going to be, you know, around summer, and then it was put off to the end of 2018. Now, finally, we get to February 2019, near the end of February of 2019. Yeah, it's finally set to return by the looks of things. So, keep your fingers crossed. It looks <laughs> good that it's going to be here very soon. So that's great news. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, more Disneyland Resort news. Uh, this summer, the Disneyland Resort will be celebrating. The Lion King. Yeah, just like they did Pixar Fest last year. This year, they're going to be celebrating the Lion King. This from Disney Parks blog. This summer, Disney California Adventure Park will come alive with a vibrant celebration inspired by Disney's The Lion King. Throughout the day, a traveling troupe of storytellers will arrive to celebrate The Lion King in story, song, and dance, inviting everyone to join in. The fun continues with music, colorful craft activities, and more honoring the spirit of Africa. Wow, that's something to look forward to. Oh, for so sure. much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm sure there'll be great. a lot of food like they did with uh, uh, with Pixar Fest last right, year. Lots of food right, items yeah. and stuff involved in that and everything. So uh, that'll be a good time. Uh, it says here that our festive celebration of the Lion King will be presented for a limited time this summer at Disney California Adventure Park. Stay tuned, of course, to the Disney Parks blog and to us uh, for more details <laughs> in the weeks ahead. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about what they're going to have involved with that. But uh, love the Lion King, and I'm excited for that to, yeah to see that, yeah you know, this summer it's gonna be a very uh fun packed summer over at yeah. uh, anaheim world of color coming back lion king and we have some more disneyland news here as well and that's because we're just coming up here it will be here before you know it uh we now have the dates and a few more details for this year's food and wine festival at Woo-hoo! disney california adventure park uh, this from a press release straight from the disneyland resort the popular Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival returns to the Disneyland Resort March 1st to April 23rd, 2019, with flavors and fare inspired by the Golden State. Guests of all ages will discover the beauty and celebrate the bounty of California with unforgettable cuisine, beverages, and entertainment at this culinary festival in Disney California Adventure Park, with experiences happening daily during the limited time event. Guests will always find something tasty to try and fun to do as they explore the uniquely Disney festival it's longer this year than it's been in the past yeah, and I'm yeah excited which is about good that. yeah, yeah. I'm, i can understand why because it is very popular um people really do go there and enjoy all the the great uh small plates and mm-hmm. you get to ver- have such a great variety really we loved it last yeah, year. yeah it's so. a, you know as opposed to uh the epcot food and wine international food and wine festival uh you know it's it, that is kind of more spread out okay mm-hmm. you know because it goes it goes throughout the whole, the whole park, but mostly it's an around world showcase there. So it's spread out. It's really compact yeah. in Disney <laughs> California Adventure Park. They're just like, there's one strip. And yes, there's food and stuff going on in various different areas of the park. But you just go down that strip uh, towards Pixar Pier and towards uh, Paradise Gardens and such. And this is like food stand, food stand, food stand, food stand, food stand, stage, food stand, food stand. <laughs> uh, so you get a lot in you know, a little small amount of distance. Yeah, uh, you don't have to walk a lot, but it is a little bit. 
tough with some of the lines, especially on the weekend mm-hmm. when and, it's very, very popular. Because, well, I mean, it, one, one thing, it's easy to check out what you're going to want. Of course, the, there's always the food guide, which you should always uh, download mm-hmm. or pick up when they're there. Uh, but it's, it's because they're so tight, you can kind of pick out what you want really quickly and just explore. Uh, but it's also easy. You don't have that space in between them to kind of walk off the calories <laughs> from the last plate you got, you know, so you're hungry for the next one. Right, so you right. have to kind of pace yourself a little bit when you're at the uh, Disney California Adventure Park uh, Food and Wine Festival. Yeah, yeah. And the one thing I would say, uh, even though it's compact, one might think, oh, good, then I can just stay in one place and just, you know, sit there and eat a lot of things. And again, with the with the popularity of it in the in the crowds, it's still doable, but you tend to go to one kiosk, get some food, enjoy it, mm-hmm. then try another kiosk, get some food, and enjoy it. It's not quite as easy to go from kiosk to kiosk because right. then your food is getting cold. That's true. No, that's true. Uh, so here's a little bit more information from the press release. Uh, it says that the uh, Food and Wine Festival will feature tempting items for the whole family to enjoy, including unique food and beverage offerings at 14 different festival marketplaces. Those are the food booths we were talking about. Each location's menu is inspired by fresh California-grown ingredients. Guests will also discover locally brewed craft beers, wine, and spirits from all across the region. And yes, this is great news and not surprising. Guests may choose to purchase the Sip and Savor Pass Mm, to get the best value as they taste their way through the festival marketplace and participating locations. Yes, that is, if you're planning... If you're going to be there for multiple days now, the Sip and Saver Pass might be a little much if you're going to each get one and do it, try and do it all in one day because it's like 10 different items right. that you get on there or something like that. I can't remember how many. Is it 10 or 12? Yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Um, but it's, it does offer you buy one, you pay one fee, and then you can go and use the little tabs on there for any of the other food out there. So if you find some of the more expensive priced dishes out there, if you're using that to buy them, it actually comes out to be a great value for you. Right, right. I think when I calculated it out last year, if you used it just on the more expensive dishes, it was like a 20% discount. Yeah, it's kind of like Don't an Don't quote annual... me on that, but something like right. that. But, you know, you might. there are some things you're gonna, you might want to use it that aren't the most expensive. Right, you the, don't the, have to. But... Right. You're not, you're not going to lose money. Yeah. With it, no. You, the worst you'll do is break, break even. even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it can if you if you use it on the most expensive items, then you're basically saving what an annual pass holder would save right, a lot of times exactly. on some of these things. Even though there is no annual pass discount at these, that is kind Kiosks, of essentially what it right. is. Yeah. So uh, great stuff. Uh, they're also going to have a culinary demonstrations. They're going to have uh, family friendly seminars. They're going to have uh, junior chef experience with Chef Goofy out there for children ages three to eleven. Nice. Uh, lots of other great events. Here's a few that they named. Uh, celebrity chef Guy Fieri is going to be showing up on March 9th. McMurray Ranch Vineyards Winemaker Reception will be on March 22nd at Carthay Circle Restaurant with Kate McMurray. Fred McMurray's daughter, wow. I believe. Is, uh, I'm not sure if it's granddaughter or daughter, but yeah. Um, dinner with Disney chefs at the Vineyard Room at the Wine Country Trattoria on March 28th. And, oh, Silverado Vineyards Winemaker Reception will be uh, taking place at Carthay Circle on April 19th. Yeah, which we love. We love. But and sad news. So Ron Miller passed away right. just yesterday. And right. uh, he, of course, is the... Uh, the son-in-law of Walt Disney married Diane Disney, who, right. and that was their winery. And uh, yeah, so sad to hear about his passing. But uh, he had lived a great life and did a lot for Disney. In right, his time. right. You know, he had a pretty significant role in the Disney company, and you know, he was the one that uh, you know sparked a lot of the great ideas. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact of selling at the time videos 
of movies rather than just keep re-releasing them in the theaters uh, was pretty, you know, ahead of his time, I think. He kept Walt's legacy alive for a long time within Disney and uh, credit to him. And uh, sorry to hear from his passing, but he lived 85 wonderful years. Yes. Good for him. Good for him. Anyway, sorry to be a downer there, but I saw the Silverado thing. I right. maybe bring it up. So anyway, uh, let's move on to happier news and we'll go to Shift Coasts and go to the Walt Disney World Resort, which announced this week that coming soon to Epcot will be Coco. Yay! Yes. We've been waiting for something like that. Yes, yes. This from the Disney Parks blog. Today, we are very excited to announce that starting on March 6th, the tender story and vibrant music of Disney Pixar's Coco comes to the Mexico Pavilion, courtesy of the incomparable Mariachi Cobre. The immensely uh, talented musicians uh, uh, are going to be joined by a pair of uh, folklorical dancers uh, to tell the tale of Miguel Rivera, his love of music, and his journey to find what matters most his familia. The dancers perform to the music of the film, pulling everyone into the celebration, and Miguel himself appears in the form of a whimsical handcrafted puppet. This is great. We saw this yes. uh, it was during Halloween time at uh, Disney California Adventure Park just this last year. It's a wonderful show. The puppetry is amazing. It is. It's just it's mind-boggling how beautiful it mm-hmm. is and how realistic movements and everything that they can manage. And um, very happy that it's going to be at the Mexico Pavilion coming up soon. And I hope it has a long run there because it's it's really great. And I want many many more people to get to experience it because it's a really really cool show. Right. They've had little hints of it from time to time. Mm-hmm. Like you said, here on the east, on the west coast, with Disneyland having it uh, around, but also we've seen at Epcot sometimes appearing some some elements of Coco mm-hmm. with um, the Day of the Dead celebration, etc. But this is great that it's going to you know kind of have a little bit more of a home. Yeah, it's really a great way to celebrate Coco. I mean, if you love the movie, like we love the movie so much, uh, seeing the show. Uh, they have dancers. They have, of course, the mariachis like they talked about and the puppetry. And it, there's just so much going on. And it's just a wonderful story. And they tell it all within about 15, 20 minutes, something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. It, and it's just really, really great. And uh, I think you'll all enjoy it when you get to see it. Definitely. Uh, but if you're vertically challenged like Michelle, be sure and get there early, <laughs> early. so you because the puppet is really low. <laughs> Um, so you might not be able to see them, so get there early, uh, make sure the little ones all can get a spot up front uh, right, so they can right. see all, you know, see little Miguel out there, uh, strumming his guitar. Exactly. So that's cool. One more story in the Disney stories of the week, and that is, it appears that, or this is Marvel news here, it appears now more than ever that Avengers Endgame will be the longest Marvel film <laughs> ever. Not surprising, but that's what it's looking like. Uh, this is from Collider.com. Uh, it says they say there's no shortage of mysteries to wrap up in Avengers Endgame, but one of the biggest questions heading into the April 26th premiere date is just how long the Russo brothers will take to tell the story. Well, while speaking to the directing duo at Disney about the uh, VFX, the visual effects, in Avengers Infinity War, of course, which is up for an Academy Award coming up here, uh, Collider's Steve Weintraub got an update on Endgame's runtime, which, as of right now, is still looking like it's going to be the longest in the MCU's 11-year history. This is a quote from Joe Russo. We're still at the three-hour mark. 
Wow. Yeah. Uh, especially though there's still work to be done in the editing bay, the directors have noted that Disney is definitely down for a three-hour epic if it hits the right beats. Here's the quote from, uh, from the Russos. Quote, I think the studio is down with that. It was down with what the best story is. Right now, we think the movie is playing well, and we've had great responses from our test audiences. And we're feeling very good about where it is. We're still doing work on to it. Uh, we're not done with it. Again, this is a culmination film of 22 movies. It's a lot of storytelling to work into it. Emotion is an intrinsic part of, of that to us. When you have to tell a really complicated story and you want strong emotional moments with the characters, it just requires a certain amount of real estate. This one in particular feels like three hours worth of real estate. End quote. Nice. So nice and bladder bursting <laughs> for some of us. Maybe they'll do an intermission. They, there is discussion of that possibility happening. They've, there's been some other movies that have been really long that have right. come out recently that they have done a break in the middle. But right now, they're not saying that that's going to happen. Uh, matter of fact, Joe Russo said that in the screenings, not one person ever got up to use the restroom during the screening, which I don't necessarily believe. Right. I can right. imagine that <laughs> happening. Um, but, you know, interesting. Well, all I got to say is that if they have no intermission in there, Boy, the line at the restroom when you get out of the theater is going to be so long because everybody is just going to be whoa. Um, I have I'm I have two minds on this. One, I love that they're going to tell the story into its fulfillment. I right. mean, I think it needs room to breathe. It's got so many characters and so much plot line from what it seems like that it needs to breathe. It needs to be able to. But I also am a big fan of what brings down a lot of movies is the fact that they don't edit enough, that they, there are parts that could be edited out. They could just do a little bit better job editing, and it would be a better film. So I'm a right. little concerned about this, but I won't stop me from going. Right, right. Well, and like you said, it makes sense. Some movies we've seen, they, they tend to go in one direction a little too long that they could have um, – gotten their point across a little bit more efficiently but like they're saying there there are a lot of characters there are mm-hmm. a lot of storylines um you know and to enjoy a movie you want to understand it mm-hmm. and if it kind of glosses over something then you tend to lose something there so i think in this film having so many characters so many storylines like they're saying it, it does kind of make sense to have it be a, a longer film yeah well, and, and versus not- breaking it up into another Right. Movie, That's the last you know. thing we want is a right. third uh, Avengers, you know, from Infinity War to Endgame. It wouldn't be the Endgame if they're going to another film right, right after right. this. So, so. Uh, the, 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 If you want to know what the longest movie before that was, it was, uh, it was Avengers Infinity War, which was two hours and 40 minutes. So um, if you, you know, that was a long movie, but I mean, this would only, if it's three hours, that's only 20 minutes more. Right, uh, right. So it uh, may not seem as long as you think it is. Just when you hear three hours, you think, boy, that's a long movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, I'm excited for the film. You know, it doesn't matter the length of it. I'm just excited to see it and see the story tie up. Yeah. See where we progress as we move out of uh, phase three and into phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So really It'll cool. It'll be interesting. 
Yay. Yay. A little scared. (laughs) By the way, uh, another thing that's not really, not one of my stories, but it was interesting that uh, Captain Marvel uh, released their website uh, just uh, within the last couple of days. And apparently, I've, I haven't really visited much yet, but apparently it's like total 90s, 8-bit stuff. It's like <laughs> it's like a website that would have been built in the 90s. That's so it's, cool. And supposedly it's a lot of fun. So uh, go check it out. I'm sure it's CaptainMarvel.com. Go check it out. I'm looking forward to, to trying it out here in the next few days. Right. So a lot of fun. So it was a little surprising when we were talking about all the exciting things at Disneyland in the summertime mm-hmm. that there was one thing that you didn't mention. Oh, what's that? Well, there's going to be a new land opening. A new land? I don't know anything about that. I know. It's, you know, it's kind of obscure. I don't know if it's even going to draw many people to it, whatevs. But, uh, yeah, Galaxy's Edge opening summer. Oh, I've heard Disneyland. of that somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes. we only knew people who were into Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't know anybody into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very exciting. Of course, very exciting. But I mean, the funny thing is, uh, this week was the uh, was the shareholders' um, phone call, essentially to to, to say uh, if, how Disney's uh, their money coming into the, mm-hmm. the stock was this week. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name right now, but uh, forgive me on it. But uh, Bob Iger was on there, and they were talking about someone asked him a question about uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and if they're going to promote it at all, you know. And he said, "Look, you know, <laughs> this is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Basically, the only promotion we have to do is say it's open." <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That works, yes. Exactly. Um, I am paraphrasing there, but uh, yeah, that, I thought that was pretty funny. Another note that came out of that earnings, it was the earnings meeting is what it right. was, the earnings uh, conference call, uh, it was that uh, on April 11th, it was a lot, a lot of the talk was about uh, Disney Plus, mm-hmm. uh, and that's the, where the, Disney is really moving forward, and that's where they're focusing a lot on, uh, of course, Disney's new streaming service, if you don't know. Uh, and so there was a lot of talk of that, and apparently there's going to be uh, a special uh, share or investors meeting on April 11th. 11th, where they're going to demo Disney Plus. So we're going to get to hear a little bit more about that, see a little bit more of that on April 11th. Uh, well, as shareholders, so. we probably We should go. To, we, we, should are. go. We, we are owners of Disney. We own Disney. <laughs> they should be sure and let us into that. That's right. Because we but, own Disney. Yes, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that they're being financially frugal mm-hmm. to realize that they do not need to spend money advertising Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, no, it's, it's advertising <laughs> itself, believe me. Exactly. Uh, another note that came out of that is that they're going to, it looks like what they're going to do, they, you know, they have three new, they're going to have three streaming services right now. They, they already have ESPN Plus running, which is going to be all their sports stuff. Um, Disney Plus is coming and that's going to be all their family-friendly uh, material. So I would imagine that's, you know, Anywhere from G-rated stuff to PG-13. Right. And then they – now that they are purchasing Fox, they're going to have a majority stake in Hulu as well. So uh, right now they own 33%. Uh, they're going to buy Fox's 33%. And they're going to have basically two-thirds of Hulu. Well, apparently that is where they're going to put a lot of their – more of their – you know, adult type, R-rated type stuff, right, you know, like right. Deadpool once they get that. Right, and, right. and he did say, uh, Bob Iger did say, we're not going to stop making R-rated Marvel type films just because we're Disney and we do this. We're just going to, you know, package it slightly differently. Right, you know? right, so, exactly. Well, so, we kind of saw that in the past when they mm-hmm. had Touchstone. Right. You know, and looking at some of those movies, um, you know, they were there were several that were R-rated movies there and totally different than what you would think as a Disney mm-hmm. type movie, but... You know, they provide the finest in family entertainment, and that yeah. can be 
Oh. It, but you can understand why they wanted to separate them, you know, oh, yeah. to keep Disney being more uh, what it's known for, which is more family-friendly material. And then they, it's they, good they have this other right. streaming service. And they did say that it's going to be a way that you can um, subscribe to all three of them with, you know, under the same sign-in, under the same payment, however you decide to pay oh. for it and everything. And um, so you will have access to all three or just if you just want ESPN Plus or if you just want Disney Plus or if you just want Hulu, you can sign up separately. But they're going to streamline it as much as possible to make it easy for oh, you. That's so cool. That's cool. Yeah. I remember um, when um, Touchstone was big that uh, the, the thing was people would say Disney wants you to know Touchstone's Disney, but they don't want you to remember it's Disney. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's like... They want you to know it's there because it does provide a good, high-quality uh, service, but don't think of it as, you know, the yeah. traditional princess. You're not going to have Pretty Woman out at the parks? No. <laughs> no. No. Or Good Morning good Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam. We're not going yeah. to have, yeah. I don't know, Viet Cong land. Right? Yeah. No. Yeah, no. no. That makes sense. Total sense. And this makes sense, too. So we're interested to see and we'll get to March 11th and we'll, or excuse me, April 11th. We'll find out more about this. Uh, It'll be fun to see. Okay. So that's the Disney stories of the week. We're gone. Well, we're not, we're long, but we're not crazy long. Uh, Well, we can't wrap up the show without giving you some vacation tips because we always do that. We always like to give you some sort of vacation tip or park tip or whatever it is, whether it's parks, we do, whether it's the cruise line. I know. I just thought of it. I know. Great. Let's continue this. I know. <laughs> Sorry. 37 episodes in. <laughs> just thought of this. Uh, and we always start off with the best tips you'll ever hear. And that is from our one and only lovely, who had the also the best top five Disney couples. <laughs> I don't know if it's best. You had great. You had you had awesome ones. Yours was the best list. Let's get. Let's not hesitate. She's great. She's wonderful, and she has the best tips. Here is Michelle's tip of the week. I am so lucky. Um, So my tip actually kind of goes with the theme of how we went to the uh, Disneyland After Dark Sweethearts Night. I have a feeling we're going to be in sync again. Oh wow! Cool. All right. Um, Well, so my tip is you know when you're attending one of these. evening or ticketed events um, and going to, you know, the parks for these special functions, make getting your picture taken your first activity of the mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you want to first look at your guide and see, you know, what for you is the most important shot you want to get and then beeline it to that area right away. As early as possible. As early as possible. One, uh, it keeps the amount of time you're standing in line not doing other fun activities to a minimum. And two, it's probably when you look your best, right? <laughs> your your makeup and your clothes, hair, they're at their freshest. And if so. it was this time, it wasn't quite as freezing yet at that point, yes. you know, when it was early in the evening. That's true. That is true. You know, and uh, we're speaking from experience here. We've made the mistake uh, in the past where we've like, oh, let's do all the activities and then we'll, you know, we'll pick up some pictures later, you know, and it's like, uh, okay, that line's too long and that line's too long and that line's too long. We won't get in that line and get out in time. So um, we've ended up, you know, either missing pictures or missing other activities. So uh, these these uh, events do have popular uh, photo opportunities. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to want to take on that at least one, if not a couple of them, but the, the best advice that we could give you is do that 
first and foremost, even if it's, you know, getting in a line before the actual um, opportunity site opens up, and at least that's probably still going to be a shorter wait time than if you try to pick it up later in the yeah, evening. That's actually what we ended up doing. We got very lucky in this regard in that um, we went to, we went and found one of the photo areas. We were going to go get in line for the tangled one, which looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it was already a long line. It wasn't going to open for another 45 minutes. Right. So it was already a long line. So we're like, okay, well, I, so I stood in line and I'm like, well, go check out the lady in the tramp one that's on Main Street. See what that one's like. Right. She came back to me and said, they haven't even set it up yet because there's still a lot of, they, they haven't emptied the park yet. So they haven't set it up because they didn't want to, to you know, stop people. that flow. Right. Uh, so I'm like, well, then there's no line. Let's go there. So that's what we ended up doing. We left that, went there. We were, um, we stood around. Yes, we had to wait. We still had to wait, but um, it wasn't exactly waiting in the line. We waited, watched them set up. We were second in line there at, for that one. Right. Could have been first, but they were kind of doing some shuffling around there, so it ended up being second in line. Michelle, meanwhile, checked out some other things. I stood in line, and we were the second people to get our picture yes. taken at that lady in the tramp, and then we were able to go right down into the middle of Main Street, USA, right. and uh, <laughs> see Mickey's Mixed Magic, so it worked out perfectly. Yeah, but, timed yeah, out well. Yeah, uh, we got lucky in that regard. Yeah. But yes, uh, for photos... Uh, be prepared. If you want to get a lot of photos taken, uh, it's going to eat up a lot of your time for the evening. Right. Because they are long lines. I mean, one thing you could look at, too, is going to the photo op furthest away from the front. Mm-hmm. That one may open up a little bit earlier because, again, they're trying to keep the, the front of the parks moving of the people leaving. Because for these events, these ticketed events, they usually let the, the uh, people who are attending come in before the park closes. Mm-hmm. So... They're trying to get the two uh, groups separated, and but if you go to the furthest one, some of the further ones away, your line is you know going to be shorter because it's further away, and again, it has a better potential for opening up a few minutes before other ones. Yes, yes. So um, that's a great tip. My Thank tip you. is very similar to yours, All but right. slightly different. Okay. It is slightly different, but it does have to do with uh, the Disneyland late night events that we were d- talking about. We got, uh, you know, this was Sweethearts Night. We have 90s Night coming up in early March here, mm-hmm. a, a little less than a month away from now. Um, my suggestion is that you plan out your night. And I've talked about this in the past when we've discussed some of these events. Um, arrive as early as possible. Um, get the map. You can usually get in at about 6 p.m. And the event usually starts at like nine. Um, get there as early as possible um, and get the, the map, find out where everything is and plan ahead what, what you, how you want to approach the night. Do you want a lot of photos? Do you want to try the food? Do you want to meet the characters? Do you want to ride a lot of attractions? Do you want to check out the musical acts? Plan it out because if you go and just kind of do willy-nilly, like you say, oh, I want to take a photo, you may be in a photo line for an hour and a half because these lines get crazy long and they might eat up some of your night. So if you're going to do the photos, like you said, get there early and find the spots that you want as early as possible. Um, If One thing I will suggest to you, unless you're planning on like, I want to try all the food. Okay, that's great. Then go there and do all the food. Uh, But if that's not your plan, you want to do other things, Arrive early, eat before the park closes for the general public, the regular guests that are there, going out and find something. I mean, you know, they're still going to be around. None of these special things that are going on that night are going to be up and available anyway. So go ahead and knock that out. Get that out of the way. You can still try some of the 
you know, specialty food later in the evening right. uh, as the night progresses. Uh, if you are arriving a little later, then you may want to think about eating before you get in there so you're not starving. And that's not the first thing you want to do is go in and find food. You can eat a little later in the night sure. or, you know, if you don't have to at all. Um, and then you can, you know, approach whatever one you want. But mostly have a plan. You know, I want to get the photos or I want to meet as many characters as pop- right. possible, pinpoint them. Uh, I want to ride attractions. Okay, well, yeah, that's great for that because, uh, you know, the lines will almost never be shorter right. except for maybe rope drop uh, for these attractions. You can walk onto a lot of them. Uh, you know, we like to check out when we go to these things and do the stuff that we wouldn't normally do on a right. day trip to Disneyland because it is a specialty event. There is specialty stuff going on, like the uh, the prince, the royal princess ball, like the moonlight sailing, like the, the dueling, dueling pianos. pianos right? You know, so we like to go check a lot of that stuff out, stuff that we wouldn't be able to do on a normal Disney day. Is that right for you? Maybe, maybe not. That's just what we like. Find out what you like, plan it out ahead of time, and you'll have a better night than if you're stuck wasting away, if you consider it wasting, right. you know, two hours of your night waiting in photo lines of your, you know, whatever, six hours that you're there. Right, right, you know. And for some people I know that's important too. I yes. mean, when we, like, in, Absolutely. during these events, well, we were semi-dressed up, but some people are... are full-on costume. It's one of the few times that you actually can go into the parks wearing a costume. And then, so that is, I can definitely see why people would, you know, want to have several photos taken. Lots of great, people people were really dressed up. We were going to dress up more, but it was too cold for us to dress up as much as we would have liked to. So we didn't as much. But, uh, yeah, if you're dressed to the nines, get out there and get those pictures taken. And that's what you're there for. That is great. Uh, But, you know, you're going to have to uh, sacrifice some other things that you want. Just um, have that be your plan. Know your plan going in and attack it in that way. I want pictures. I want pictures with all these backdrops. I want pictures with characters, you know. And uh, there are great ways to get that done. And like I said, they had plenty of cast members, like especially out of a lot of the quick service restaurants that were there with little photo frames that would take your picture with your phone or your camera. Of you right. know, and those, that was a great way to get some pictures taken with a very small line. Right. Uh, it's not as great a backdrop as the Tangled or the Aladdin right. or the Little Mermaid or whatever, but it was still pretty cool. It was, and it did seem like they had it thought out so that there would be somewhat of a backdrop that made it look, you know, cute or unique or something fun. Yeah. So that's my tip of the week. Uh, you know, just go in with the, these things with a plan and you'll, you'll have a much better time. But they're a great time. You'll enjoy it uh, no matter what. I would I really believe that. Yeah. yeah. Even in 40 degree weather. <laughs> I know. Even know, being very time. cold. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, it's the one thing about Disneyland. It's like, you know, Walt Disney World, there are plenty of indoor spaces right. to get away from whatever weather it might be, whether it be the humidity, whether it be rain, whether it be a rare occasion, it's really cold there. Right. Uh, Disneyland, not, not so, so much. much. <laughs> They're not have a lot, and they had a lot of their, uh, you know, their regular uh, table service restaurants weren't open for the event. So not a lot of indoor places to eat, you know. Right. And so, and trying to find a, a, a nice place to warm up a little bit was a little difficult. Right, times, right. But. I was surprised how drafty even the tiki room felt. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't even have a Dole Whip. Right. Yeah. We were going in there to get away from the cold it was blowy great, wind despite all that it was great it was so fun we got a nice uh, we got the uh, jolly holiday combo the tomato soup with a uh, grilled cheese sandwich mm. hauled it over to pizza planet which was one of the few indoor places <laughs> open and sat down there with a nice warm bowl of soup and a nice grilled cheese sandwich and warmed up for a little bit yeah hit good. the spot it hit was the spot it was, it was great good. It was good. Anyway, all right, that's it for this week. Uh, again, uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Next week, we'll have an interesting thing for many people who don't know what this is about. We're going to take a look at 
Disney Institute next week. Nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you don't know what this is, they, they do a lot of seminars to help improve you in your career as a uh, leader, a job uh, in your job, uh, your business. Your And uh, Michelle's been there. Mm-hmm. She's done it. And we're going to have a guest on with us who has done it as well. Matter of fact, it's a guest who happened to suggest to us our main topic of the week this week. Right, right. OG Hyperion Adventure Amy. Right. So she came up with the great top five for this week and we're looking forward to having her as a a guest here and uh, she's currently as we speak I believe experiencing uh, another Disney Institute. She's gone to several as well. So uh, it'll be great hearing from her and some of the things that they're doing. I know they always try to um, make improvements, but they are spectacular. So it'll be fun talking about it. And I get to sit back and let's just hear you talk about it because (laughs) I've never experienced it. So I'm I'm looking forward, just like hopefully the listeners will, of finding out what's great about it and if it's right for me, if it's right for you. Right. I'm looking forward to it and it should be a great conversation. So looking forward to that for next week. Uh, So uh, all the live topics we hit on today, we'd love to hear from you about them. Uh, Follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, at Hyperion Adventures Podcast, Podcast, and you can always email us at Hyperion Adventures Podcast at gmail.com. Right. Do do please get get in touch with us. And again, uh, as Tom mentioned, let us hear what you are uh, enjoying about today's show. And some, uh, if you have ideas, we'll definitely give you credit for them. But always. if you have ideas for other shows uh, or if you want to uh, have any other suggestions or feedback, we love to hear from you. There's no question about that. We love hearing from all our Hyperion adventurers. Uh, and you can always find us, by the way, on 1057max.com and the Max Plus tab and the Max FM app. Best way to get this podcast, however, and hear it on a weekly basis is to subscribe to us. We come right to your phone, right to your device whenever we have a new episode. Ooh, there they are. Brand new episode from the Hyperion Adventures podcast. Everything Disney for every fan. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And uh, please, if you have a second, just you know, tell a friend about us. Let them know that we exist uh, so we can get more into our Hyperion Adventurer family. And even better yet, if you have the time, give us a quick rating on one of these sites. Helps so much for people to know that this is a podcast they might be interested in. And even more so, we get great reviews. We'd love more reviews. Reviews are the best thing that can happen. We would love to get many, many more reviews from you out there. Uh, if you have the time, give us a quick review. It would be really, really helpful. We really appreciate it so very much. Absolutely. So that's it for this week. Thanks again for listening to the Hyperion Adventures podcast. We look forward to sharing some time with you again next week. But until that time, I'm Tom. I'm Michelle. And we hope that...